This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 93, Slogging Along. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh. In this episode, I've got some knitting, some spinning, a little tale about one of my favorite spinning wheels and the problems that it's caused me over the years. And, you know, probably a little bit of everything else. (laughs) But we will start this episode off, of course, with some updates. So this episode is entitled Slogging Along. Because we're making progress on our transition into Colorado, but I feel like it's moving so slowly. Like, I know we're getting a lot done, but I feel like we're going nowhere. And it totally sucks. All right, so this is where we are. So last time we spoke, I was living in my brother's basement and chilling and transitioning into life in Colorado. And guess what? Today, I am still living in my brother's basement and transitioning into my life in Colorado. Ugh. I know. It totally feels like we're getting nowhere. But I believe, not positive, that last time we spoke, I talked to you about, um, I put in an offer on a house that was really close to my brother's, and we'd gotten pretty far a couple weeks into that process. And it turns out that the contractor that had renovated this home did not believe in radon. Yes, I literally said that. That was the quote that came back through my realtor from the contractor. He doesn't believe in radon. Huh. Interesting. Because the EPA does. And I certainly do. So instead of offering to put a radon mitigation system into the house or reducing the price so that we could put one in on our own, he stood fast to his price and we bailed. Because who doesn't believe in radon? There were a few other issues with the house that his resolution was kind of unreasonable on, but really the radon thing was kind of the kicker, right? So we passed on that one. But since, I know it's been about six weeks since I recorded, but since we found another home about two miles from my brother's home in the Black Forest area of Colorado Springs, and we close on Tuesday. Like, yeah, we've really gotten pretty far on that, prog- on that process. So we close on Tuesday. All of my household that is in storage right now gets delivered on Wednesday. And by the weekend, we should be completely transitioned and living in our own home. And that makes me excited. You can expect to see photos and things like that coming across the line on Instagram and Twitter and my blog and things like that. So keep an eye out for those updates. I'm pretty excited. So we've gotten nowhere, but we're making progress. I'm still unemployed, which is fine. Like we're not hurting. But I real I haven't been unemployed this long oof, since I was 15, like since I started working. So it's kind of a struggle, a little bit of a mental transition, a little bit depressing at times, and it kind of sucks. So I'm coming to terms with that and trying to make the most of this time off. I mean, without this time away from work, I wouldn't be able to get like the household completely set up and everything like that going with ease without having to stay up late nights and do that kind of thing. So I'll be able to get the house set up pretty quickly and get us totally transitioned in there. So I guess that's one bonus to not being employed at this juncture. But soon, I really, really hope to be employed. Other than that, the boy is doing well. Itty Bitty is doing awesome. 
Ugh. Except, okay, listen to this. When I started this podcast, Itty Bitty was... Mm, I'm counting. Give me a second. When I started this podcast, Itty Bitty was nine. And she gets her driver's license this coming week. So time is passing too quickly. <laughs> and before you know it, I'm going to be empty nesting. Well, it looks like that's all I've gotten updates. So it's time to get this podcast started. And now it's on to spin a tail. Okay, so after I published the last episode and talked about how I had packed in all my spinning wheels into the car and brought them across country, one of the listeners said that she would love to hear more about my spinning wheels. So I will go one by one, kind of scatter that throughout the year when there's not a whole ton else going on, and talk to you about my spinning wheels one by one. So I figured it would be only right to talk about my very first spinning wheel. So when I learned to spin, I borrowed a spinning wheel, a fricky double treadle from my friend when she was out of the country for two weeks. And I liked her spinning wheel, but it wasn't like going to be the kind of spinning wheel I'd want forever. I didn't know what I wanted. And I like started the process of trying wheels and trying to figure out what I wanted. But then, as it turns out, I didn't get the opportunity to select my first wheel. That same friend that had loaned me her wheel for two weeks got a line on a spinning wheel and what she did was she told the boy that there was a spinning wheel for sale that she had found and passed the information on to him and he purchased that wheel for me for christmas and got an outrageous deal on it it was awesome so my very first spinning wheel was my luette victoria s96 oak spinning wheel and that wheel if you are not familiar is a travel wheel it's a folding wheel and it's a tiny little thing it stands hmm, how big is my wheel the orifice height on this bad boy is about 23 inches so it stands about two and a half feet total and it's the cutest little wheel and it folds down it fits in this tiny little case and it's fantastic and i love it so i certainly did not pick this wheel it just showed up on the door i think brand new they go for anywhere between eight and nine hundred dollars. And he had gotten it for three fifty, including shipping from California to St. Louis. So I mean it was completely unbeatable value. And I'm like, this wheel is tiny. I'm never gonna fall in love with it. Like this is not my wheel, but hey, gives me something to spin on and I will find my dream wheel in the future. However, I don't know if it's because it was purchased for me with love or if I just love the wheel. My Louette Victoria is absolutely still my most favorite wheel. I love it to death. Currently, the poor baby is out of commission. Let me tell you about this. So my Victoria was downstairs in my basement in Maryland, and we had had people over, and everything was cool, and we were all hanging out. All the adults were upstairs, and all the kids, the younger kids, were downstairs in the basement watching TV and playing on a gaming system and just goofing off. Apparently, two five-year-old boys thought it would be a great idea to try to ride the Louette Victoria. Both children deny it, but I'm not sure if you're, if you're familiar with the Louette wheel, you will understand that it's like, it's like a single treadle wheel, but it's got two pedals. There's actually, it's not like a true double treadle wheel. Only one of the pedals, the foot pedals, is connected to the drive wheel, and the other one is connected by a rod across underneath the two treadles. So, 
if you weighed like 75 pounds and stood on both pedals at the same time both treadles at the same time the likelihood of that rod across the middle snapping is pretty high trust me it's about a hundred percent odds that that is going to happen and that is what happened so she's out of commission because i do not have the replacement part and because it's my favorite wheel and because i love it so much i do not want to try to like duct tape it or rig it or fake the fix what i would like to happen is to get an original part by louette and replace that piece unfortunately that has not been a very timely thing to happen because it's not like a part that you can go and buy online it's not like a new tension knob or bobbins or a new drive band they just it's just not a spare part that they have so i'm working through a wholesaler to get that part shipped from holland and they don't like Louette doesn't just like ship things airmail out to the states what they do is they produce a bunch of product they ship it all at once like in a giant container and once the container arrives you're good to go so in theory my part should be here by the end of march which is right now or the end of april depending on when the container shipment arrives in the u.s so i'm standing by for that and i will keep you posted on when my poor little victoria gets healthy again and hopefully hopefully that is very very soon i've been very patient like waiting for it doesn't bother me at all especially since you know most of my stuff's been packed away i don't have any of my fiber and i really want her to be repaired correctly so i'll wait because i love that wheel it's absolutely my favorite so in the future i will tell you about more of my wheels unfortunately so that's one of the issues that i've had with the victoria the other issue with my Louette Victoria wheel is not that it's bad at all. What has happened is that Louette Victoria sparked an addiction in me. I cannot help myself. I 100% love all of Louette's travel wheels. It's almost like the smaller the better. If they ever made a travel wheel, I want it. And I will tell you more about that as this series, The Spinning Wheel Stories, continues in the future. All right, that's all I got in Spin a Tale. All right, and now it is on to spinning my wheels. I have been doing a little bit of knitting. I am making a sec, no, a third pair of Jack socks. So I made a pair of Jack socks. Jack is the pattern name. You can find it on Ravelry. I have it in my projects page. The Mizzou socks, I used the Jack pattern. And then I went on to make a pair of Jack socks for Itty Bitty. And I finished those. She got those on Valentine's Day. It took me five weeks, like working on them on and off between job searches and the like to get those socks done for her. So that was pretty happy. Well, figuring the previous pair took me, what, a year and a half. And that one took me five weeks. I was pretty happy with that progress. <laughs> so I finished those for her. I can't tell you anything about the yarn. It's a pretty beautiful colorway. And there are photos on my project page. Except here's the deal. So Itty Bitty had picked that yarn for herself and she was going to make a pair of socks. She cast on the first cuff, knit about an inch and a half, and then stopped. And that yarn on those needles in the project bag sat around for like a year. And after I finished her sister's socks, she presented me 
with the yarn and the needles and the project bag and said, Mom, please make me a pair of socks. She was not going to do that herself. So I ripped out the cuff, cast on jacks, and finished those for her in about five weeks. I don't know what yarn it was because it never made its way into my stash page because it wasn't my yarn. It was Itty Bitty's yarn. <laughs> so I don't know anything about it. It was nice. Knit well. It doesn't seem to be pilling or anything like that. So it's a nice little sock yarn and that's going pretty well. But then what I did after that pair of socks was done was I cast on a pair of Jack socks for myself. And right now I'm looking for the name of the yarn. So in January at a knit group, like the first knit group of the year that I, the first knit group I had gone to out here in Colorado, I found out that one of the, one of the group members is a dyer and she does pretty nice work. She brought like six samples to knit group just to show off what she's been doing. And one of the skeins of yarn decided it needed to come home with me. The dyer's shop name is Crazy Monkey Creations. And this is Chimp Toes. It's supposed to be a sport weight sock yarn, but I think it's just a fingering weight sock yarn. And I had absolutely no idea actually until today what the name of the colorway was because they weren't labeled or anything. Like she just brought them in to show them off. She had no intention of selling them. So the name of the colorway is Pikes Peak Sunset. And that's absolutely, totally perfect. It's beautiful. It's got the bright oranges. It's mostly bright yellow and it's got some oranges and pinks and that dusky color of the clouds. And if you've seen a Pikes Peak Sunset, you will know what I mean. It's beautiful and wonderful. And I'm more than halfway done with those socks. So I did those top down as the pattern calls for. And I just finished the heel flaps on both socks. I knit them two at a time on DPNs because that's the way I like it. I never get second sock syndrome. But I don't. I'm not a huge fan of socks on Magic Loop. So I don't do it that way. But I just finished the heel flaps on both of those. And I'll be switching on to the gusset probably tonight when... The boy and I are watching some TV or something, so that'll be pretty cool. And I may even be done with those, or at least ready to work the toes by the time I record next. In addition to that, I am, like right now, I am currently sitting behind one of my spinning wheels doing a chain ply on a bump of alpaca that I had got from my mom a few years ago. That was like one of the few fibers I brought with me. And I finished the singles, and now, just because like lack of bobbins and not wanting to dig everything else out. I decided I didn't want, I was thinking about doing like plying two different bumps together, but you know, I'm like, okay, so I'll have small projects worth of yarn and I'm totally fine with that. So today I will finish plying the second bobbin full of this alpaca and I'll have it on the bobbins. And when I get all my stuff back, I'll be able to skein it and I'll know how much I have. How cool is that? It's a very, it's going to end up a very heavy worsted weight just because I wasn't, it, this was the first thing I'm spinning this on my Louis, my Louet S45. And it was like the first thing I spun on this wheel. And I really wasn't paying a whole super lot of attention. I was really just trying to figure out how this wheel works. And the other day when I went to ply the first bobbins worth of this yarn, this wheel was like freaking out. One of the bolts fell off the back. I couldn't get the bobbin tension to stay consistent. I'm like, what is going on here? But we got it working and you can kind of hear it rattling a little bit because I have not perfected how to ply on this bad boy yet, but I will figure it out because it has an onboard lazy Kate for two that holds two bobbins, but it's very inconveniently placed. And I think I'm going to have to figure out where to loop it through. So it's like, it's constantly hitting the actual wheel. And I'm not a huge fan of that. 
So we'll figure that out. But I will be sure to post pictures of that yarn when it is done. And I will keep you posted on the progress and everything else that's going on in the craft room once I get a craft room and get all my stuff. I'm pretty excited about that. It should be good. And that's all I've got going on. Spinning my wheels. This week, I am all spun up about the knit group that I found out here in Colorado. So when I lived in Illinois, I had a wonderful knit group. It was the first time I'd ever attended a knitting group and found friends that, you know, we solely connected, you know, we initially connected based on our love of all things yarn and they were fantastic and I miss them all terribly. And if we ever move back to Illinois, we will reconnect again. Usually when we go home on vacation, I try to attend. I'm like, Hey guys, I'm in town and I get to hang out with them and see them. And it's wonderful because they're totally fantastic. Now, Maryland, on the other hand, I attended this one knit group twice and it was the most unwelcoming group of people I had ever been around associated with knitting. And so two was, two was enough. Cause I, you know, like, why would you continue to go back someplace? if the people there make you feel horrible. So I didn't. I went twice, like I gave the group a try twice and I never went back because it was just, the attitude was negative and the people were not friendly and it was blah. But I'm all spun up because the very first time I walked into this knit group, I felt absolutely welcome and like a part of the group. And I've attended maybe four times and I walk in and people are happy to see me and I'm happy to see them and we have things to talk about. And like, I haven't heard anyone even be negative about anything. They're a hugely supportive group of women. And I mean, some of them, I think, uh, Anne was saying the other day, it was 2007 and she remembers the exact date of when they started meeting. And that's awesome. And it's fantastic that you can be welcomed into a group of women that have known each other that long and feel like part of family. And that is what has me all spun up this week is the fantastic knit group that I found out here in Colorado. All right. It looks like it is time to spin off this episode of spin control. I have a lot going on in the weeks to come and I hope I have a lot of positive things to report. Can't wait to get my own place. Can't wait to get the family settled. Um, I can't wait to get a job. Never thought I'd say that. And I got to try to take advantage of this time off and I hope it is very, very productive and I will keep you posted on all of that. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Spin Control. If you are longtime listeners and you have found me again, Thank you for sticking by me. If you are new listeners just joining me, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope that I have lots of things to say in the near future that you want to hear. Thanks again, guys. I will talk to you soon. I am holding half an acre Torn from the map of Michigan folded in this scrap of paper is a land I grew Think of every town you've lived
is it 